Well, a guinea core are in getal chest of Firkin Fulgero Villig, Agastashikahinta, Gul and Major in Ibalia, Erano over Shakramiat, Kahramiat on down in Arira, August Kamalishin Gam Guikas on Krias, Nahagrishis Nakurti, Nak Court Kaman is Gotten, Hassan Medine Hulshit, doing a new drama. May I just say that Sabina and I have the greatest pleasure in offering you the warmest welcome to Oris and Uttaran. And I have to say immediately that I, I was so pleased that all of the different organisations, trade unions, different advocacy groups and those who are working at the forefront of all of this, they sent us such wonderful people. And, and we got very, very fine representations right across Irish society. And uh, I think the fact that we have great weather and we are going to have great entertainment, but this is such an important theme. I think that the garden party season that in Oris and Uther, in which we had to suspend due to COVID for two years, I think that when we came, this is one of the most important uh, garden parties. We have this set of garden parties as a celebration of community. It's an opportunity of recognising first and then uh, paying tribute to the different people who, in through different ways, have different forms of community action, uh, offer so much beyond themselves uh, to, to Irish society. And the way we organise it as well, and, and then, is that we organise our actions like that across different themes. Today's theme of gender equality, dignity, respect, and putting an end to all violence against women recognises those, and you are here, who have been working and are considering together. Well, I think I say thank you for that. But the whole purpose of driving on a new momentum in all of this is for us all to consider together what contribution we can make to the strengthening of gender equality and all these across the island of Ireland. So we're welcoming this afternoon representatives of activist groups, companies, trade unions, organisations of several kinds that represent the worlds of sport, the arts, of law and agriculture, of advocacy and education, and of course of youth and youth empowerment. So for the sake of declaration, so that everyone knows, uh, I wrote for Hot Press from 1982 to 1993. And, and that's my relationship with, with Niall Stokes. But I want to tell you something very important about that. The most important thing that was life-changing for both of us was the fax machine. Because in different places around the world, I don't type, and all my stuff is submitted in handwriting and with a pen. And many people suggest that it is less than clear. <laughs> so, but I would be able. And for that reason, when I was in the 1980s in Central America, for example, when I was covering the, the massacre at, uh, uh, in, in, in Salvador, Honduras, and so forth, with my dear friend Sally Neil Sanchez of Trogra and others, or if I was in Africa, uh, the material would arrive to Hot Press. And I want to say tribute, to pay tribute to Hot Press, 
for Hot Press has been to the forefront in offering young people views of what was important in the world. In the case of the atrocity I described in Central America, in the case of famine in Africa. And I only mentioned it today to add it into my speech to say this. It is 30 years, in November 1992, when Sally and Neil and Throker and I were in Guido province and between Kenya and Somalia, making a documentary on famine. The place that I sent the material to, and it was published in November and December, several of them, it was Hot Press. Hot Press was the place you could get the reports on derechos humanos, human rights, famine or whatever. And that the paper has been there for so long, and that Niall is with us again this afternoon, indicates a continuing interest in often radical positions on what are the important things that are facing our society. So right at the beginning, I'm going to say thank you to Niall Stokes, our MC, for uh, uh, I think that your own attendance here, all of you, representing yourselves and representing the organisations you're here, is an expression of the great will and capacity that we know exists to address these most important issues of gender equality, dignity and respect. So I, from my heart, or I so thank you for coming here. Niall has already mentioned about my own relationship to the He for She campaign, I was asked by the Secretary, the Under Secretary General and Executive Director of UN United Nations Women uh, to inscribe my name on that list of people in, committed to the He for She campaign back in 2015. And I thought it was a very good frame in which to try and build and combine together the momentum that is there around issues that are very, very important. He for she, as Nile has said, invites people around the world to stand together as equal partners to craft a shared vision of a gender equal world and specifically to undertake the challenge of engaging men and boys to promote gender equality and to combat gender-based violence. You know, when I think of it now, and Sabina and I, over our lives, in, have been involved in many campaigns and lobby groups. But I think both of us, we have always stressed that when a woman's contribution is ignored, devalued or obstructed, it is not just women that lose, but all of society is the loser. And in that time, I think the critical role of men in the achievements of such rights has become abundantly clear. For there can be no doubt that the crafting of society with the stamp of an ever-deepening recognition of equality is a duty that must be shared by all and that any sustaining silence as to the acceptance of a flawed society with its inequalities and its violences perpetuates a version of society that fails us all. So, so much of the campaigning has to be to encourage people to say that what is beyond yourself is important and to break the silence that is associated with putting boundaries around experience. We have in Ireland made, in many respects, progress in recent years towards becoming a more inclusive society, one that recognises the voices of many who once felt forced to remain silent, to, re to emigrate, confined to the margins, discriminated against, and in too many cases, 
made vulnerable by toxic combinations of intolerance and prejudice and ignorance. So as we celebrate our theme of gender equality, it's such a pleasure to, rec to have you all here as I reiterate my call this afternoon for a re-examination, a re-examination with some urgency of the situation that prevails for women in our society. In recent times, we have been shocked and saddened by accounts of tragic events of violence leading to the deaths of young women, young women with so much potential and possibility for their lives, so much to offer. But then there are so many women too who've been grievously let down by a society that continues in some sections to tolerate behavior that allows women become the victims of inequity, belittlement, abuse, and aggression. You've heard it already about the figures between, between 2020 and today. The rise during the COVID epi epidemic in domestic violence has sounded a very loud warning as to where we stand in these issues a warning we cannot afford to ignore. The figures are frightening. Women's Aid's last annual report showed that they received a total of 33,821 disclosures of domestic violence during 2021, 19,902 relating to emotional abuse, 4,707 to physical abuse, 1,104 to economic abuse, and 2,383 to sexual abuse. These figures require an urgent response, and worrying in a very special way is that within those figures is the fact that 5,735 of these disclosures related to child abuse in the context of domestic violence. A perturbing reminder of the many vulnerable children whose lives are damaged, put at risk by men, who turn what should be supportive and loving relationships into ones defined by bullying, intimidation and control. It is so important that these children too receive vital support and protection in order that they might live lives free from fear and endangerment. I mentioned earlier, you know, about where these abuses take place. I mentioned earlier, because I'm returning to a theme that I will be dealing with in the coming weeks, the issue of famine. Even in conditions of famine, of the food we need at the moment, there are just under 20 million people by September who will be at risk of starvation in the countries of Kenya and Somalia, and, and, and Kenya, Somalia and part of Ethiopia. But the most interesting thing there is what happens when the famine strikes. Women provide 97% of all the food preparation. And at the time, even in the conditions of famine, even in those conditions, it is women who will carry the harvester's burden in terms of violence, in terms of the search for food, in terms of the increased risks that they will be at as they seek to find food and so forth. That is why we have to think beyond the self. And we have to think universally. For example, we can deal with that famine I just mentioned. Now that threatens us between now and September, the requirement is 4.6 billion. I ask you for a minute to think. Is it not important that we give place that requirement of 4.6 billion alongside 
all that has been spent in the armaments industry. Yes, all the issues are important, but we cannot continue to recognise, as I did 30 years ago when I was there with Drogra, 30 years ago the existence of famine. And yet it occurred in 2011. And now it comes again in 2022. We have to just not say we're all interconnected and we forms of globalisation. We must accept the moral responsibility of being connected to each other. And now I immediately turn back to what I should be talking about here, the issues that are here. But I do think that it is very, very important that you have come together. What we all share is the necessity, the joy, the fulfilment, the experience of life that an ethical and inclusive society would create for all of us. And in the institutions that I've mentioned, be it companies or unions or being areas of sport, is there any more important test than the test of equality? And in the manifesto for my campaign to become president of Ireland, I emphasise the urgency of transformation, the transformation we need in institutions and all places of employment and in the wider society. For in far too many, not only does gender equality remain a serious barrier to, to female progression, but in workplaces, women are more likely to be in lower paid employment and than, and than men and to be underrepresented at management and board level. And there is a group too, there's that section that is very important. What of all the women whose work and service to make society function in any kind of cohesive way is not regarded as work or is unpaid. And all of this, I think, is very, very important that we address it. And there are too many people in sports clubs where women are made to feel like second-class citizens. Women feel frightened, which is shocking in 2022, increasingly unsafe when walking alone. That should be a concern for all of us. Of course it is. A society that views women as in any sense lesser citizens in terms of participation, with their voices not valued, their rights not respected, is not only dysfunctional in a cohesive sense, it is objectionable on every dimension of rights and its failure to recognise the essential dignity of the person. So a review of all of this across all aspects of Irish society is overdue. And we must recognise and reject too the many often small, barely visible ways in which we collectively create a society that at best ignores and at worst facilitates and allows the casual discrimination that women are forced to experience in their daily lives. The society reproduces itself not only by actions. The society reproduces itself by silences. Silences of people who choose to ignore those issues that we're speaking about today. It is not enough, you see, to refrain or to not personally take part in unacceptable actions. We must raise our voices and unite in demanding the removal of all those barriers, obstacles and intimidatory actions that prevent women from feeling respected and safe in our schools and universities, in our national institutions, and at work in its paid and unpaid forms. And organisations on our sports fields and on our streets, and worst of all, in their own homes. We must recognise how destructive in any social or psychological sense are versions too of hierarchy and aggression, 
when they are combined with gender exclusion in a way that goes far beyond status assertion. And it is so crucial that we ensure that our children learn in both their homes and every other environment of the importance of respecting equality, the voices of all their fellow citizens, and of course, that has to include rejecting any notion of discrimination based on race, religion, sexuality, social background or gender. We must, in all areas and sections of Irish society, begin to consider and discuss the ways in which we are often at best quietly ignoring and sometimes facilitating and enabling the discrimination and abuse that so many women suffer and tolerate in their daily lives. If a culture accepts and fails to speak out against the daily forms of mistreatment and belittlement of women, it is a culture that is silently being taken for granted. It escalates with often serious consequences, with such as emotional and physical cruelty, exploitation and death. You will, I hope, as you go through the house, see a campaign that is very much spearheaded by Sabina, and that is we show the, about the Sustainable Development Goals that were agreed in that one moment of joy and hope on our planet in 2015. Goal number five calls on the nations of the world to achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. And I remember when I was appointed a Hefer she champion, I said, one hour is too long for us to have to wait for an end to all violence against women. And within goal number five, there's a specific target to eliminate all forms of violence against all women and girls in public and private spheres, including trafficking and sexual and other types of exploitation. So those 17 Sustainable Development Goals and the related 169 targets were adopted by the largest gathering of world governments in history at that time. They are now universal objectives for all nations and together we have a duty to ensure that they are brought to achievement. And I hope, I hope that when all the killing stops and this awful moment of returning to militarism again has passed, that we will not have lost the space and the opportunities for the advancement of these goals. I think as well, and it is very important when I was speaking of the country suffering from famine, there is never any cultural expectation, that cultural exception that should be placed between these goals and life. But in being united in commitment and positive action, together we can construct the foundations for a better, stronger and more just society, a nation that truly deserves to be called a democracy. It isn't just a dream, it can be achieved. It is that is shared by all of you here. And I do want to thank you for the work that you have been doing, the work that you are now undertaking. And I'm inviting you to make commitments to each other and your organisations and between each other. If we will drive it all on together, seeking to achieve together our unfinished agenda. I do want to say, because to this, this, this garden party like the others we have, they're made possible by the wonderful workers here, for example, the, from the OPW who work here in, in, in Oris and Uttaran. And I want to say thank you to them for the generosity with which they approach it all, and not, not just their culinary skills.
I have already thanked uh, 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 Niall Stokes, and I'm just so, so grateful to him, and that he will be uh, with expertise introducing the, 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 the performing artists. I want to thank two people who will speak to you briefly, who could be, couldn't be more relevant to what I have been speaking about. Nolene Blackwell, who moderated our similarly themed International Women's Day seminar in March, and Richie Sadler, whose work with young people and young men and boys in particular on the topic of sex and sexuality, consent, porn and sexual health has made such a valuable contribution. And they will speak just after I finish for a, few, for a short period. But I do want to thank our entertainers who've been playing in, as you may have encountered them in different parts of the grounds. Pianist and David O'Connor, who's been inside in the house. The Dublin Ukulele Collective, that you've been listening to. And then you have Colm O'Haragon's Strat Group, and of course, when you will all be moving after all these speeches, the Swing Cats. As you know, when embarking on a campaign for change, that's right, bro, and to unite, to unite people, there is something that is even more powerful than slogans and banners, maybe, and that is music. So I'm very grateful for our entertainers here in the marquee that you will hear. Tom Barry, Tolu McKay and Moxie. And Sabina and I are very, very much looking forward to listening to, to these wonderful artists. On my own behalf, I'm a Hanhain as a Sangatan as in order A very special thanks I've said to all the members from the different parts of the OPW here in Orisonota for their hard work, their unfailing good humour. The staff of the secretariat who actually are really did such a good job in contacting you all and getting such a good representative turnout for this afternoon. The technical achievements we will achieve, we, we will hope will go all right. We are grateful to Philip Sweeney and Arcana. And also, of course, regularly for all of these, we are assisted by Civil Defence, St. John of God's, the Defence Forces in Garda Shikona and Gashka. May I say, in the end of the day, what great energy it creates, what great hope it gives, and what great commitment it encourages, that you have all turned out in such numbers, from such a very wide range of organisations, all working together. And therefore, now let us go on to the music, because there couldn't be anything more important than what we do together. Mila Buikas is barbaric. <laughs>